Hi, welcome to the podcast. In this session, we will cover hepatitis C viral infection in pregnancy. In the United States, the estimated prevalence of antenatal hepatitis C viral infection is about 1 to 2.5%, but some studies estimate the prevalence to be as high as 4%. The primary mode of hepatitis C viral transmission is percutaneous exposure to blood from injection of illicit drugs. Other modes of transmission include vertical transmission, that's mother to child, sharing of contaminated devices for non-injection drug use, exposure to infected blood through occupational and other means, and although inefficient, sexual intercourse. Two primary concerns arise from hepatitis C viral infection in pregnancy. The first is maternal well-being, that is, the effect of pregnancy on the course of chronic hepatitis C viral infection. And secondly, the fetal well-being, namely mother-to-infant transmission of hepatitis C virus and the impact of maternal infection on the pregnancy outcome. Hepatitis C virus can cause both acute and chronic hepatitis. The first six months after exposure to hepatitis C virus is referred to as acute hepatitis C viral infection. Acute hepatitis infection is asymptomatic in 75% of cases. When symptoms do occur, they include abdominal pain, nausea, anorexia, jaundice, or malaise. Without treatment, it's been reported that approximately 15% of infected individuals will spontaneously clear hepatitis C within six months of infection, although some estimate the number to be as high as 45%. Those who do not clear the virus harbor it for the rest of their lives and develop chronic hepatitis C infection. Chronic infection accounts for most hepatitis C viral-associated morbidity and mortality. As with the acute stage of an infection, chronic hepatitis C viral infection is usually asymptomatic, although it can cause progressive liver damage with serious consequences. Without treatment, 15 to 30% of patients with chronic hepatitis C infection develop cirrhosis within 20 years. 27% of those with cirrhosis develop hepatocellular carcinoma within 10 years. In comparison, among patients with cirrhosis who are treated with antiviral medications and achieve a sustained viral response, that's a SVR, only 5% develop hepatocellular carcinoma within 10 years. Hepatocellular carcinoma is a primary cause of mortality from hepatitis C viral infection with a median length of survival after its diagnosis of about 20 months. Okay, well, let's talk about the impact of pregnancy on a patient who has chronic hepatitis C. Serum levels of alanine transaminase, that's ALT, tend to decrease during the second and third trimesters in pregnancy, complicated by hepatitis C, but then return to pre-pregnancy levels after delivery. Now, in contrast, serum levels of hepatitis C viral RNA may increase in infected women during the second and third trimesters of pregnancy. So one study showed a statistically significant increase in hepatitis C viral RNA Whereas in another study, this trend was not statistically significant. Researchers speculate that the increase in the viral RNA during pregnancy is due to downregulation of the maternal immune response. Now, here's the clinical pearl. Because hepatocellular damage caused by chronic hepatitis C virus is thought to be immune-mediated rather than directly caused by the viral cytotoxicity, downregulation of this maternal immune response in pregnancy 
would be predicted to reduce the amount of hepatocellular damage caused by hepatitis C virus. This also explains the decrease in ALT levels. Once again, histological evidence suggests that pregnancy may be associated with a decrease in hepatitis C virus-mediated hepatic injury. Okay, well, what is the impact of hepatitis C virus on pregnancy outcome? Hepatitis C viral infection is associated with adverse pregnancy outcomes. A population-based retrospective cohort study from Washington State compared 500 hepatitis C virus positive pregnant women with 2,000 hepatitis C virus negative pregnant controls. In multivariable analysis, it was found that infants born to women infected with hepatitis C were more likely to be small for gestational age age, have low birth weight, require admission to the neonatal intensive care unit, and require assisted ventilation. Another population-based retrospective cohort study based in Florida also compared HCV-positive and HCV-negative controls. Using multivariable analysis, it was found that hepatitis C virus-infected women were more likely to deliver infants with poor birth outcomes, including preterm birth, low birth weight, and congenital anomalies. Additionally, intrahepatic cholestasis of pregnancy has also been associated with hepatitis C viral infection. Pregnant women with hepatitis C have a significantly higher incidence of this disease. The overall incidence of intrahepatic cholestasis of pregnancy in the general OB population is about 0.2 to 2.5%, while the odds of developing the condition are 20-fold higher in hepatitis C-infected pregnant women. Given the increased risk of fetal death associated with intrahepatic cholestasis of pregnancy, diagnosis of this condition in pregnant women is very important. All right, next, let's talk about the rate of vertical transmission of hepatitis C viral infection. Vertical transmission refers to viral transmission from the mother to the infant during pregnancy, delivery, or the neonatal period. At present, vertical transmission of hepatitis C virus is the leading cause of hepatitis C viral infection in children, while one-third to one-half of mother-to-child transmission of hepatitis C appears to occur in utero prior to the last month of pregnancy the remainder is thought to occur either in the last month of pregnancy or during delivery. It is also known that co-infection with HIV increases the vertical transmission of hepatitis C viral infection. In general, vertical transmission of hepatitis C virus is thought to be a risk only for women with detectable hepatitis C viral RNA during pregnancy. Once again, vertical transmission of hepatitis C is thought to be a risk only for women with detectable hepatitis C viral RNA during pregnancy. Although there are reports of vertical transmission from hepatitis C viral RNA-negative women, these cases may either be the result of insensitive methods for detecting RNA or for intermittent RNA positivity in these women. In addition, whether the level of hepatitis C virus viremia correlates with the risk of transmission has really yet to be determined. So that's a clinical pearl. Once again, whether the level of hepatitis C virus viremia actually correlates with the risk of transmission has yet to be determined. Nonetheless, there are several studies that have shown higher viral loads correlate with an increased risk of transmission. 
All right. Well, having said that, the next question is, well, who should be screened for hepatitis C viral infection during pregnancy? Well, current guidelines from the American College of OBGYN and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommend a risk-based screening for hepatitis C in pregnancy. The Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine does recommend that obstetric care providers screen women who are at increased risk for hepatitis C by testing for anti-hepatitis C virus antibodies at their first prenatal visit. If initial results are negative, hepatitis C viral screening should be repeated later in pregnancy in women with persistent or new risk factors for infection. The risk factors for this condition include women who have ever injected illegal drugs, even once, users of intranasal illicit drugs, women who have ever been on long-term hemodialysis, recipients of blood products from donors who later tested positive for hepatitis C, women with a history of incarceration, women seeking evaluation of care for sexually transmitted infections, including HIV, women with unexplained chronic liver disease, of course, meaning persistently elevated ALT in the blood, and recipients of transfusions or organ transplants before July of 1992, and recipients of clotting factor concentrates, which were produced before 1987. Diagnosis of hepatitis C viral infection depends on detection of anti-hepatitis C antibodies and hepatitis C viral RNA. Anti-hepatitis C virus antibodies usually develop two to six months after exposure during the acute phase of infection and persist throughout life. Hepatitis C viral viremia, that's the presence of hepatitis C virus RNA in the blood, indicates active infection and can first be detected one to three weeks after exposure. The standard screening test for hepatitis C virus is the anti-hepatitis C viral antibody test. A positive antibody test indicates one of the following. The patient has active hepatitis C infection, either acute or chronic, or the patient had a past infection and is now resolved, or the result is a false positive. A positive anti-hepatitis C viral antibody should be followed by a quantitative nucleic acid test for hepatitis C viral RNA. If a patient who tested negative for hepatitis C RNA within the past six months is newly found to be viremic, then acute hepatitis C infection is confirmed. Now, if a patient with no previous testing for hepatitis C tests positive for both anti-hepatitis C antibody and the RNA, it's not possible based on the test results alone to distinguish acute from chronic infection. Now, if the anti-hepatitis C viral antibody test is positive and the RNA test is negative, distinguishing a false positive antibody test from a true infection requires testing for anti-hepatitis C viral antibody with a different antibody assay, and that needs to be performed according to CDC recommendations. Finally, if a woman who has been exposed to hepatitis C within the last six months tests negative for anti-hepatitis C viral antibodies, then an RNA level should be performed because the patient may not yet have seroconverted.
All right, once a woman has been diagnosed with hepatitis C viral infection in pregnancy, well, what next? Well, the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine recommends that once a woman has been confirmed to have active hepatitis C viral infection, a quantitative RNA test should be done to determine the baseline viral load. Basic lab testing to evaluate the extent of liver disease includes bilirubin, ALT, albumin, platelet count, and prothrombin. Now, to help plan future treatment, testing for the specific hepatitis C viral genotype should also be performed if not yet done. Alright guys, so this has been part one and this will serve as an intro to our little series dealing with hepatitis C viral infection in pregnancy. This podcast has served as a background. In our next podcast, we will cover principles of medical management and is that even allowed in pregnancy? We'll also talk about labor management in a woman who is known to have hepatitis C viral infection. So stick around for part two coming up soon.